Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. I've just decided to start recording myself speaking for your listening enjoyment. I mean, I've just started recording this because just before pressing the record button, I was sitting here kind of deliberating, which basically means trying to come to a decision, sort of deliberating, oh, and deliberating about lots of things which aren't really important, like, for example, which microphone to use. So I've, been, I've, I've got all my different microphones out. Sometimes I, I get stuck in this behaviour before, before I start recording an episode. I get stuck in certain kinds of annoying routines, like choosing the right microphone, which is ridiculous because I've been through this process so many times and I've always decided at the end of these sorts of process of trying to work out the best microphone to use, I've always ended up choosing one microphone, which is definitely the best microphone to use. And that's not even the microphone I'm using right now. Um, I know I know, this is a fascinating way to begin an episode of the podcast. An- geeky, maybe annoying, geeky microphone chat. So I've got, I have a plethora of microphones. A plethora, there's a nice word. It just means more than I need, basically. I have a plethora of microphones. And um, so for those of you who are interested, I am, I've decided to use, after lots of deliberation, the Shure SM57 microphone. It's a handheld microphone. And the microphone that, I, that is definitely the best option is the Shure SM7B microphone. Oh, this is, I can't start like this. This is ridiculous. You know, I say that, I say to myself, I can't start like this. This is ridiculous. But I've pressed record now. There's no going back. I've set myself this challenge because this is a rambling episode. I've set myself the challenge that basically I can't start again. Once I've pressed record, I can't stop and start again. So I'm in now and so are you. You're coming with me. All right. Let's go on a on a ramble. Let's go on a ramble. I was going to I was going to add another maybe another word to that to but I've realized ramble already means kind of going for a walk. Let's go on a little journey together, okay? Let's have a ramble. Ramble means two things. It means talking like this with no particular direction, but it also means walking, maybe walking in in the countryside, right? Hiking, Um, uh, going for a ramble, rambling. It means walking in the countryside, or it means talking with no particular direction. Rambling, not rumbling. It's R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G, okay? Get it right, folks. Okay, then, so... Anyway, microphones. So I was deliberating, oh, which microphone to use? 
And then I thought to myself, I realised, oh, wait a minute, no one cares. <laughs> as long as they can hear you, Luke, they don't really care. So it, it really makes no difference at all. Well, the only difference it makes to me at this point is that, well, what? I've, I've chosen to go for a handheld microphone. That's a microphone, surprise, surprise, that you hold in your hand. And uh, yeah, rather than the SM7B, which is a microphone which has to sit on a desk-mounted microphone stand. The difference being, listeners, that with the, the handheld microphone, I can move around. For example, I can sit back in my chair. Oh, I can sit right back in my chair and still have the microphone uh, to my to my mouth. Whereas if I'm using the desk desk mounted one, I'm basically locked in the same position. I'm I'm a slave to the microphone in a sense that I can't move around. <laughs> Fascinating details at the beginning of this episode. Oh dear, is this the the right way? to captivate my audience, to grab their attention at the beginning of, of an episode? Is this the right thing to do? Well, I'm doing it now. There's no turning back. So anyway, hello, listeners. This is episode number 772, and it's called Rambling in the Podcastle, recorded June 2022. Actually, it's the 1st of June today. And uh, 1st of June. Wow. Wow. Doesn't time fly when you're having fun? So, rambling in the podcast all, podcastle, June 2022, news, thoughts, reflections. That's what I've decided to call this episode, okay? So, not uh, normally or often in rambling episodes, I set myself some rules. The rules this time, as usual, are that I can't uh, stop recording and start again, okay? Um, I don't know why I'm setting myself these rules. Maybe just to add an element of drama to proceedings, just to make it that extra bit exciting. <gasps> oh, is he going to say something stupid that he can't um, fix? Maybe. Probably. I don't know. Um, I think I'm going to add another rule, which is that I'm not allowed to edit, which is possibly a very stupid rule to choose because editing can be very useful you know, again, like if I say something stupid or if something happens, like, I don't know, if my body lets me down and a bit of gas comes out or something, which can be embarrassing, like oh, a little burp or something like that, or a sneeze. Um, obviously a sneeze, that's not gas, is it? Uh, what happens when you sneeze? I don't know. That's a complicated question. What is a sneeze, really? Why do we sneeze? I don't know. But um, so if something happens that I should edit out, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh dear, it'll be complicated. But anyway, those are the rules for me. Uh, keep talking. Just keep it up. Keep going. Make some sense. No editing and no starting again. Okay? Right, the rules for you, listeners, are simply this. Just try and just follow. Just follow what I'm saying. That's it. Okay, now, uh, rambling episodes normally don't have any structure or they don't have any particular purpose or point <laughs> to them. I really know how to sell my episodes <clears throat> to my audience, don't I? Um, what I mean is that there's no, for example, specific aim, like today I'm going to, you know, explain this particular subject. Instead, it's more just stuff that comes off the top of my head. Um 
So I do have some notes, though, which I should probably start reading from. Now, these aren't. this is not a script. That's important. I'm not reading a script, but I've got some things that occurred to me over the last few days that I thought, oh, you know, I want to I do a rambling episode. The time is right to do a rambling episode. There's just certain thoughts and things I want to talk to my audience about, so I'll note them down, but I'm trying not to turn it into a script. So, okay, let's, let's get started. Don't say that, Luke. It makes them think that it's, this is an introduction. This isn't in, an introduction. This is it. Okay, so don't say, your introductions are too long. <gasps> don't talk. I don't know. Don't talk. Who would write that comment? <laughs> Who would write that comment? Don't talk. Don't, don't write that comment, listeners. That's just going to annoy me. Don't talk. What? You expect to just have a silent episode? I think I'll listen to Luke's English podcast, but I don't want him to talk. That would be weird. Of course, no one's saying that. Anyway, um, yeah, anyway, you might be thinking, uh, come on, Luke, enough with the introduction. Get on with it. There, This is it. This is it. Okay, the introduction has been done. Uh, we're in now. Okay, so hello to my podcast people. Hello, long-term Lepsters. Hello, everybody. How long have you been with me? Anyone who's been with me since 2009, congratulations, well done. I hope that you're not a skeleton with headphones on. Hello to midterm Lepsters. Hello, midterm Lepsters. That's right, people who've sort of joined me uh, maybe sort of over the last few years. Midterm Lepsters, did you know that there's like loads of episodes in the episode archive that you could check out? Lots of stuff, lots of, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to blow my own trumpet and sound arrogant, but some quite good episodes in there, I think. So, you know, get into the archive and find out some of that stuff. There's lots to enjoy. So hello, midterm Lepsters, and hello, brand new Lepsters. Hello there. Welcome to my world. Welcome to the world of Luke's English Podcast. To be honest, it's the same world that you live in. It's not, you know, I say welcome to my world. It's the, I live in the same world as you. I, I imagine, unless you are from, unless you're an interdimensional being from a from a different reality, um, which I don't think you are, probably. If you are, let me know in the comments section. Was that my phone making a noise? How embarrassing. I'm supposed to be a professional podcaster and I didn't put my phone on silent. You didn't notice though, did you? Anyway, uh, Hello, everybody. Hello, brand new Lepsters. Hello. And also hello to people who have just stumbled across this and are wondering what this is all about and who is this guy and uh, what's going on. Uh, Well, I'm Luke. Hello. I'm an English teacher from England and I'm a stand-up comedian from England as well. Uh, And this is my podcast for learners of English. I am here to help you listen to more English. The idea basically is that if you listen to lots of English on a regular basis and it's something that you know you're interested in listening to, you're not just listening to it because oh I suppose I better listen to English to improve my English then, but you don't really want to. That's not going to help that much. So uh the idea is that I am here to help you listen to more English and the idea is that if you do that that your English will improve as a result especially if you do it on a regular basis for longer periods of time. It's the five L's, listening, 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 and listening. Okay, if you are listening to this on YouTube, the tube of you, a tube full of you, if you're listening to this on YouTube, um, then yes, you will have noticed that there's no video for this. 
Um, I try to do video versions as often as I can, but sometimes, sorry, no video, just audio, just old school. My computer made a noise then as well. Did you hear that? Again, people are going, no, Luke, we didn't notice the computer noise. Don't worry. Don't worry, Luke. Although that is a bit annoying though, isn't it? Don't you find? Do you ever listen to podcasts where it's probably an interview with someone and then in the background, bing, just those annoying computer notifications. Ah, I don't know. I suppose it's an email arriving or something, but bong, just like that annoying computer notification, especially when it's been recorded on Zoom or something. So I try to reduce those sorts of interrupting, interrupting noises, distracting noises as much as possible. What happened to my voice? I don't know. But my computer did just make an annoying noise. But you're thinking, that's all right, Luke. It's not as annoying as listening to you talk about it um, uh, uh, like this. Okay. Well, fine. So anyway, welcome to my podcast. If you are on YouTube, yes, you're probably just listening, which is fine because ultimately, you know, listening is good because it makes you just focus on the English, just the words. You don't get distracted by other things. Like, for example, how old do you think I am? Or how much I look like Luka Modric or some other person, right? You just listen to the English. That's good. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe, okay? Don't forget to smash that like button, okay, guys? Smash the like button or click it or whatever and subscribe to the channel. Um, automatic subtitles should be available if you're listening to this on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, if you're just in audio land, which most of you are, and you're listening to this using a podcast app of some kind, uh, probably the the native Apple Podcasts app, the purple one that just comes on an iPhone, um, or maybe you're the more discerning podcast listener and you've chosen one of the other apps, like, I don't know, pod, uh, Pocket Casts or something else. I mean, there's many different ways to listen. In any case, if you are in audio land, hello, and I wonder what else you are doing while you're listening to me. Perhaps you're in, you're, you're traveling. Maybe you're in transit somewhere. Maybe you're doing some housework, ironing, washing up. Maybe you're sort of hanging out some laundry or just generally cleaning up. Um, keep, keep up the good work, basically. Uh, maybe you're listening to this in a classroom while your teacher takes a well-earned break. I have heard that sometimes... English teachers out there in the world, in podcast land, choose to just play episodes of my podcast to their students. Uh, I mean, you know, on one hand, fantastic idea. On the other hand, um, on the other hand, fine, you deserve a break. English teachers work very hard. And on on a third hand, let's say we've got three hands, the intergalactic, uh, pangalactic aliens listening will appreciate this. They're like, finally, <laughs> finally, our three-handed people have been acknowledged by the earthlings. <laughs> um, on a third hand, uh, if you are just playing this to your students in class, well, I mean, you know, I'm, bas- I'm doing your job for you a little bit there, aren't I? Uh, that's all right. You know, everyone's welcome. Um, maybe you're in a- listening to this in a classroom. If you are then um, put your phone down, all right? Focus. Listen to the teacher. Stop being distracted by Facebook or some other thing on your phone, all right? 
have some respect for your teacher and your other classmates. Or maybe you're, you're lying in a flotation tank in zero gravity. You know those, those flotation tanks where you just lie in water and float and you, you just all your senses, you just, I don't know, you, it's, you can't feel anything, you can't really touch anything, you can't, I don't know, can you smell in a flotation tank? You can still smell things, but maybe there's like no particular smell. You know, you're just floating in a flotation tank, just listening to my words. That must be nice. Or maybe you're floating in zero gravity in the International Space Station or one of the other space stations. I don't know. Are there other space stations? It's just the international one, isn't it? Are there any national space stations? I don't know. Is that possible? Anyway, if you're in a space station and you're floating and you're listening to this, then good for you, basically. All right, keep up the good work out there in zero gravity. But basically, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are, then welcome and uh, you're all welcome to listen. So as I said, this is a rambling episode, no specific focus, just talking off the top of my head, no specific teaching point. Just want to share my thoughts with you. This, this is a no stress, no pressure episode. Although, to be honest, all of my episodes are supposed to be no stress and no pressure, to be fair. But basically what I mean is that there are no expectations for you to do anything else. You don't have to do any grammar tests or pronunciation drills. You don't have to, okay? Just listen. Just try and follow what I'm saying. Try to listen to the entire episode. It'll be good for your English. And if you, if you don't have time, if you're driving to work or something, you can pause this and just come back to it later if you don't have time. Your podcast app should remember where you stopped. And YouTube also should remember where you stopped and you can just carry on later. Stick with me and enjoy being a Lepster. Here's a rundown of some of the things I'd like to talk about. Okay, it, this still does sound like the introduction, doesn't it? It does. But it's not, though. It's not. Snot. Snot? No, I mean, it's not. It's not the introduction. I didn't just say snot for no reason. You know what snot is? It's the stuff that, the green stuff that comes out of your nose. Ugh. What? <laughs> what are you, why are you talking about snot suddenly? That's, that's another person. Just a random person who just comments. Um, here's a rundown of some of the things I'd like to talk about. All right, there is some focus to this. I'd like to talk about how my hair is stopping me from learning French and vice versa. How my French is stopping me from getting a haircut. And, you know, I want to talk about virtuous circles and vicious circles. So that's kind of one of the reasons there's no video version of this episode. Because I just, I, I'm not happy with my appearance today. Now, you might think, ah, oh, don't be so sensitive, Luke. Oh, don't be so sensitive, Luke. I don't know why you speak like that, but you do. Don't be so sensitive, Luke. You don't have to... Don't worry about it. We don't care how you look. Well, you say that, but, um, you know, you might go, oh, your hair doesn't look right. You need a haircut. I don't know. I just, I look very scruffy. My hair's all over the place. I'm not happy with it. I had a quick look at myself on video. I was like, uh -uh, no, 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 no. We're not doing that today. So no pressure, no stress on me either. So just audio, which is far more relaxing for me. Uh, so I'm sorry, no, no video this time. Um, and yeah, my hair is stopping me from learning French and my French is stopping me from getting a haircut. Virtuous and vicious circles. I'll talk about that in a bit, in a bit, in a minute, a minute, no, in a bit or in a minute. 
um, not in a binet or in a or in a, a mitt <laughs> either. Uh, I'm going to talk about um, like how my summer is looking, basically what my plans are for the summer and what that might mean for the podcast. Basically, I'm busy. Surprise, surprise. And it could be difficult to record podcasts in July and August. What's new there? Long-term listeners are going, yeah, you always say that, Luke. And then you always manage to just keep doing episodes. So come on. Um, I want to give some thoughts on recent episodes of this podcast, like the last one, which was Sick in Japan, live at the British Council. I want to kind of give some thoughts, mainly maybe in response to a couple of comments I got about the audience at the show. And I also would like to just sort of give some thoughts about the Spinal Tap episode, which nobody, I think, understood. <laughs> and I feel like, I don't know, did, did any of you listen to all of it? I don't know. I think maybe a lot of you were just like, what? I don't see the relevance of this, Luke. Or you were thinking, eh, I don't know really what you were thinking. You just all became ninjas for that episode, didn't you? Everyone's just like, no, I will stay hiding in the shadows and I, uh, I'll i just disappear. Everyone just glided into the background for that episode. I don't know what you thought of it. Some people, to be fair, some people wrote some comments saying, oh, this was great, really enjoyed it. Thanks for introducing us to these films that we wouldn't understand unless you talked about them in great detail with your brother. There were some comments like that, but then a lot of just like nothing. And then a couple of people who were like, who said, no, nah, this isn't for me. This is too specific for me. Anyway, I'll, t I'll give my thoughts on that as well. And I want to give some metaphors and similes. Metaphors and similes. And you're thinking, what's a simile, Luke? Uh, I'll explain later. You're going to have to listen, you know, all the way through to find out. Oh, you can't stop listening now, can you? Like, I'm desperate to know what a simile is. You're going to have to keep listening to find out what that is. See the psychological techniques that I'm using here to keep you engaged, right? And you might be thinking, you evil bastard, why do you keep us listening? Well, it's it's all for your English, isn't it? It's all for the benefit of your listening uh, skills. So some metaphors and similes for language learning and language teaching. And that's probably it. That's probably going to be about nine hours worth. So that's fine. So the thing about my haircut, right? So yeah, no video. Probably one of the reasons is that my hair just looks too untidy today and I'm not comfortable with it. I don't want to, it's like, nah, I just don't want to be on camera today. Okay. And the thing is, right, it's just grown really too long and I've been sweeping it back over my head. Just kind of sweeping it back with my hand over my, over my head. And sometimes that looks pretty good on some days, but then other days just, uh, I can't, it just doesn't work. And it, instead of it going, looking cool, swept back over my head, it just sticks out at the sides. And I end up with this terrible Alan Partridge kind of thing, which is not a good look. And so, as I said before, maybe I'm being a bit precious about this, but I can't help feeling self-conscious about it. You understand, don't you? Of course you do. You, you feel self-conscious too, don't you, sometimes? We all have those bad hair days. And that's a phrase in the language, by the way, about having a bad hair day. It means not just a day when your hair doesn't look good, but a day when nothing seems to go right and you seem to be in a bit of a bad mood or nothing, nothing's going right. I'm having a bad hair day. Um, we all have those bad hair days, right? I mean, you feel self-conscious too sometimes, don't you? Yeah? 
So uh, I don't know. Do you? Maybe you're just like, no, I'm never. I always feel completely comfortable with my appearance, and I would be happy to be on video constantly. If only people actually wanted to watch me do things. I don't know. But anyway, um, um, you might be thinking, Luke, why don't you just get it cut? It seems so simple. Just get a haircut. Well, there's lots of reasons for this. One of them being that uh, I'm busy. You know, I've got lots lots of things to do. And going to the hairdresser apparently just takes up too much time. I'm, you know, I'm just constantly rushing around. Um, either taking my daughter to school or picking her up from school. And then everything else in between is often just me kind of recovering uh, from from doing that. Um, no, it's not that bad. Um, but as I, as I was going to say, I think maybe the reason for me not having a good haircut at the moment is my bad relationship with my French. So if you don't know, I live in France, I live in Paris. I'm from England, but I live in Paris. And um, I, I moved here to be with my wife. Um, she was my girlfriend at the time, but I met her in London um, and we sort of, I don't know, started dating, to use an American expression. We started going out with each other um, and then obviously after a while she had to come back to, to Paris because she she couldn't stay in London full time, you know, uh, permanently because she'd only come to London for a few months to kind of take a break after doing her doing her studies. Um, she wasn't one of my students, all right? Okay, she wasn't one of my students. She was studying in France, in Paris, studying really hard. And then after she'd finished her studies, she went to London to kind of take a break and the rest of it. Anyway, and I met her there. So um, met her in London and she came back. I'm giving you my flipping life story here. Um, she um, she moved back to Paris and then we kept the relationship going long distance. And then ultimately, uh, after she, to be fair, she did try to move to London and get a job in London. And she got down to the last two for quite a good job. She got down to the, you know, final two people at the, you know, the interview stage, you know, the way you get several interview stages. She got down to the last two and she didn't get the job. And she was very disappointed. And at that point, I think maybe I agreed to move to Paris just to make her feel better. Just so it's, oh, no, it's all right. I'll move. Okay, I'll do it. I'll move to Paris. I'll do it. I'll uproot my life and I'll move to Paris. I'll save our lives. I'll save everything. I'll be the hero and I'll move to Paris. That's how romantic I am, you see? Those of you who thought that English people weren't romantic, it's a different kind of romance. It's not the kind of, I will bring you roses and blah, 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 you know. Not that kind of romance. It's more the the sort of, uh, you know, more like, I'll jump in front of the bus for you kind of thing. Not that moving to Paris is like jumping in front of a bus, although sometimes it feels a bit like that when you are crossing a busy road and the traffic doesn't stop and <laughs> the bus goes bam like that and ah! Sometimes it's a bit like that. Um, uh, but I moved... Uh, so, yeah, okay, just to give you an update... I was just giving you an update on my life story, wasn't I? I live in Paris and I moved here because I'm so romantic, Okay. <laughs> um and anyway uh so my french my french my i have a bad relationship with french which is 
my Achilles heel, I feel like. It's my weak point. It it really is. It's a terrible problem in a in a way. I don't mean to beat myself up, but um well, I, I don't like talking about this because I feel frankly, frankly, quite ashamed by um by my level of French because well obviously I'm an English teacher and here I am talking about, oh, here are the great ways to learn a language and talking in loads of detail. I seem to know a lot about learning a language. I really do. Uh, but that's because I'm here as a facilitator helping other people learn a language. But then when it comes to practicing what I preach, I don't, I don't do it, which makes me, I guess, some sort of huge hypocrite. I know most of you don't seem to mind. I mean, you don't really. You understand, right? I mean, you're human beings as well. So you have sympathy and empathy and all those sorts of things. But I still feel like I've got absolutely no excuse. The joke, as you've heard before, is that uh, my French is not improving very much, but my excuses are getting better all the time. I'm making huge progress in all my excuses. I'll give you the brief summary. The reasons are because uh, I I live in English, okay? I, I, my relationship with my wife is in English. It started in English. It's very difficult to break and switch to another language when you've started in English. Also, when I speak French, my intelligence level drops significantly, okay? It, I mean, drops a lot. I mean, into negative figures, it feels like. I feel like Mr. Bean in French. I can't do anything. I'm sort of an, a low-level idiot in when I'm doing French. And, you know, that's not necessarily what I want to offer to my wife, is it? Just, I mean, obviously she loves me and she would probably have the patience to put up with it, right? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, although she is a Parisian person and Par Parisians are well known for not having very much patience. Uh, but anyway, yeah, she didn't sign up for Mr. Bean. She didn't marry Mr. Bean. She married Luke from Luke's English podcast. Um, right. So, you know, that's, I don't want to offer her this kind of like, uh, stupid idiot who can't string a sentence together. I can string some sentences together, but it's not exactly, I don't know. It's not the sort of, <sighs> I'm not at my best in, in French. So that's one thing. So I speak English at home. I speak English to my daughter, of course, because I'm here, I'm responsible for raising her level of English. Okay, that's obviously important for the future because everyone, you know, it's going to be useful for her to speak English, of course. But also, as a French person, it's, it's vital that she feels superior to other French people. Ha ha ha. That's a joke for the French people, all right? Okay, that's a joke for the every, French people normally laugh at that joke. Okay, because everyone understand. Okay, the French understand. Um, what? 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 What was I saying? Yes, my reasons for. Also, um, I work in in English, right? I teach English, so I'm speaking English at work. My colleagues speak English, so I speak English when I'm not teaching, but just hanging around at work and stuff. Um, also, French people, a lot of people do speak quite a lot of English, and so when I you know, speak to them in my, in, it's not even that bad, my French. Okay. Yes, it is. But <laughs> all it takes is for me to say a sentence with a less than perfect accent or less than perfect grammar. And instantly people start speaking English to me because they're being nice, right? They're being nice. They think I'm a, a stupid tourist 
who has just wandered into the city for the first time, and they think, I know, I'll speak English to reverse this stereotype that the French don't, that the Parisians don't want to speak English to people. So, you know, people are being nice, and so they try and speak English to me, and then I'm just like, oh, okay, go on then, let's continue in English. Other reasons, I think I'm actually better at communicating um, in sort of simple English than I am in French. Does that make sense? So if I'm in a situation where I have to communicate a complex message, I can actually do it better with a combination of sign language and simple English than I can with French. Hmm. But it's not good. It's not good at all. It's 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 embarrassing. Anyway, um, it's a, I'm in a I'm in a vicious circle, right? And I I should be in a virtuous circle, okay? Right now, obviously, feel free to to send me all of your advice. Uh, that would be useful. But ultimately, it's up to me. I just need to go on iTalkie, book some one-to-one lessons with a nice French person, and just speak French regularly in a safe space not in a not in a situation where i feel ashamed where i feel like i'm being judged in my life i don't like to i i i must find a neutral person to practice my french with i mean y- people are going to write into me now and offer their services which would be nice and i might take you up on it but I, i'm going to find my own safe space to do it in so I'll, I'm working on it, okay? But what I don't like is practicing my French on, for example, my wife's friends because it's just embarrassing and it brings the level of the conversation down so much. You know, anyway, I won't go on about it, he says. But now let, let me go on about it a bit more, actually. So um, my hair and the French and the hair thing. So this relates to confidence issues, the idea of taking initiative and trying to develop a virtuous circle rather than a vicious circle. Taking initiative, this means being the one to take a step to do something. For example, if you're in a situation where there, you're with some other people in a room, right? Uh, I don't know. Let's say, what's the situation? You're at a, you've gone to a friend's house and some... I've, I've talked about these things before. I've, I'm sure I've given this this example before. In fact, I think after 772 episodes, I've probably said every single thing, every thought, every reflection, every story, every anecdote, every single word. I've probably said them all before, right? Yeah. But, you know, new stuff is coming, honestly. It's just when I speak off the top of my head that just the old things come out. It's kind of like stuff I've got to get out of my system on a regular basis. You know, stuff you have to get out of your system on a regular... A bit like going to the toilet. No, that's not a good analogy. Don't bring that in. The listeners are not... Luke, the listeners won't like that. If you compare talking on the podcast to doing a poo, they're not going to like that. That's going to turn them off, Luke. Don't do that. Okay. Forget that I said that. But um, anyway, so confidence issues, taking initiative. That's what I was talking about. What does that mean? Okay, so imagine you're in a situation where you've gone to a friend's house and you turn up and some of their other friends are there, right? But you don't really know them and they don't know you. And your friend says, oh, I'm just going to go and make the tea. I'll be back in a moment. And you're there with these other friends and you sit there and there's a little awkward moment where it's kind of like, who is going to speak first? Who's going to take the initiative 
That's what that means. Taking initiative is basically deciding to, the, to be the person who takes action in a situation, the person who takes control, the person who goes out of their comfort zone and is the first one to, to do the thing, the first one to grab the bull by the horns. That's taking initiative. It's the same thing in an, in, an, in a speaking exam, a Cambridge speaking exam. You have to take initiative. You can't just sit back and be passive. For example, if you're in a speaking exam with a speaking partner and the examiner says, okay, you're going to have a discussion with your partner about this subject, go. Now, you have to be the one to take initiative. You have to say, okay, right, so would you like to start or shall I start? What do you think about this, right? That you'll get bonus points if you take initiative like that. But if you sit back and let's and wait for someone else to make the first step, you're not taking the initiative, Right? So confidence issues, taking initiative and trying to develop a virtuous circle rather than a vicious circle in your language learning. Let me explain then how my dodgy haircut is due to my French. So confidence is so important in language learning, isn't it? Um, confidence will give you that little push that helps you take initiative in social situations. Having a little bit of confidence is the difference between sitting there and thinking, no, I think I, no, I'll play it safe. I think I'll just play it safe. I won't open my mouth. I'll let the other people do the hard work. I'll let everyone else do the heavy lifting. I won't uh, move out of my comfort zone. I'll play it safe and I'll stay quiet. I wouldn't want to make a fool of myself. I don't want to say something wrong. I don't want to look like, a, like an idiot. We all do it. I do it all the time. I understand how it feels. Okay, so confidence is the thing that will, you don't even realise it, maybe you don't even, it's not even a conscious thing. It's the thing that just makes you go, oh, uh, so how do you know, uh, how do you know Steve or, um, or anything else, whatever the comment is, right? That's the confidence that just sort of allows you to do that. Taking initiative is very important, but it can be hard. It can just be taking the initiative to speak to make an effort to communicate with someone, to risk looking a bit stupid. Um, it can mean going out of your comfort zone. But if you take that tiny little risk, it can pay off in various ways. Ultimately, in terms of learning English, you practice English more. You potentially build a relationship with someone in English and you get more English out of your system. You do have to get a lot of English out. Do you know what I mean? The English has to come out. It's got to keep flowing. And that includes errors, mistakes. You have to get all of your errors out. Okay? You have to experience a certain amount of communication in English for progress to take place. Okay? You have to be doing it. It has to be moving. You need to keep the English moving. It's like a shark. Okay? Your English is like a shark. I said I'd be giving some language learning metaphors. Here's one. Your English is like a shark because I think this is true for most sharks, that if a shark, a shark has to keep moving, otherwise I guess the water doesn't go through its gills and it'll die, right? So your English is like a shark. It has to keep moving and it has to keep feeding as well. Yum, 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 yum. Okay. Right. <laughs> You've got to keep feeding it and it's got to keep moving. 
if I keep explaining this metaphor, the metaphor will break down. And then ultimately we'll realise, wait a minute, Luke, English is not really like a shark. (laughs) It is in two ways, okay? It has to be fed with like listening and reading and input. And it has to keep moving, meaning it always has to be in 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 progress. Okay? Um, you need to keep the English moving through you. Also, your English, it's like a river. Okay, let's say that. It's like water. It's, a, it's like a river. For the water to stay fresh, for the water to stay clean, it has to be moving like a, like a river. Okay? If, if, if your English isn't moving, it'll become stagnant. And then what will happen? Then, like, um, what's that stuff that, that grows in water when it's stagnant? That green stuff. What's it called again? Uh, slime? Slime is not the right word, although it is, te- it is a kind of slime. Uh, green um, algae. That's it. It'll, all this weird green algae will grow and it'll become poisonous. The water will become poisonous, and then, uh, and then, then you'll you'll become a swamp, and you don't want that, do you? No, <laughs> no. That's I'm sure that you you were thinking that already. You're thinking to my, you were thinking to yourself, I'm going to listen to this new episode of Luke's English podcast because I don't want my English. No, it's this. This is what you were thinking. I'm going to listen to this new episode of Luke's English podcast because I don't want to be a swamp. <laughs> I don't know. If if any of you have ever thought that, please let me know. Um, but it's quite a guy, quite a good one, isn't it? Listen to Luke's English podcast. Don't be a swamp. By the way, you're thinking, what Luke? What is a swamp? A swamp is an area, a place where there's water, but the water isn't really moving. It's stagnant water, and it and it's it's also uh, a lot of mud. So you can walk into a swamp and it's very thick and it's there's lots of mud and you get stuck in it. Hmm. Uh, okay. Is that does that make sense? Star Wars. Shall I give a Star Wars analogy? And some of you are going, no, don't, please, no, no, Luke, no Star Wars, please. Well, I'm going to do it. Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Yoda lives on a planet called Dagobah. Dagobah is a big swamp. Got it. How about this? Um, a, a place where it's like a sort of a bit like a forest, but on the ground, it's not just ground. It's sort of like muddy water and yucky slime. Okay, I think you got it now. Some of you are going, I know what a swamp is already, Luke. Now move on. Some, I'm sure one of you is doing that. When was it recently? In the in an episode I did recently about jokes when I did the joke about the, the pirate, I, had, I, I did a joke about a pirate. I told a joke about a pirate. It was something like, um, what did the pirate say when on his 80th birthday? He said, I'm 80. Right? And I, I, when I explained the joke, I, I explained what a pirate was. Maybe I took a couple of minutes to explain things like they wear an eye patch, they have a parrot on their shoulder, you know, they've got one leg, hook for a hand. Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean. I probably did that. And then someone wrote uh, somewhere on YouTube or somewhere. And they're like, I think that uh, I'm going to stop listening to this podcast, Luke, because uh, I already know what a pirate is. It was something along those lines. Someone got really peeved that I was explaining what a pirate was. And they just really took umbrage. 
Yeah, they, to take umbrage with something. Uh, they just got really annoyed with it. They took offence at that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that person was having a bad hair day. Fair enough. Sometimes we write comments on the internet when we're in a bad mood and later on we regret it. We think, oh, I, that was a bit unfair. Or maybe I, I was that I was in a fit of anger when I wrote that. Luke, I didn't mean it. I do apologise. Well, that's okay. It's all right. I told you, no stress, no pressure. If you get angry that I, you know, that you already know what a pirate is, then um, that's all right. Maybe consider having a bit of therapy um, or, or, or don't, you know, just have a cup of tea and carry on. Keep calm and carry on. Anyway, you've got to get all the errors out. That's it. So if you don't use English, if you don't speak it, if it's not constantly moving, if you know what I mean, it'll become stagnant like a swamp. We all know this. But without that little impetus to speak, right, you won't do it. You know, when you're in that situation where you're with other people and you're like, <laughs> oh, this is a bit awkward. I, this, I should be speaking now. I should speak English now. Or maybe I'll just just disappear into the furniture. I'll just I'll just become invisible like that. And maybe it's fine. I'll just go on my phone. Uh, this is fine, isn't it? Right. You can just go on your phone, can't you? In a social situation, when there's another person there, it's fine, isn't it? Everyone thinks that thinks that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. He says, biting his tongue. Oh. I bit my tongue when I was speaking. This is fine, isn't it? You might think, in that social situation, where you're with another person and you just feel a little bit too shy to strike up a conversation, you think, oh, I'll just go on my phone. This is socially acceptable. And, well, we don't know what the other person's thinking. Maybe the other person is thinking, oh, good, they've gone on their phone. That means I can go on my phone too. Everything's fine. Or they're thinking, the rude bastard just going on their phone. I don't know. But the point is, you've got to, I suppose, forget about all that negative stuff and just try and have a little chat and be nice and be friendly. And uh, what's the worst that can happen? I suppose the person can just say, do you mind... <laughs> I'd rather not speak to you. I've came here to I came here to visit my friend Matthew, not speak to you. And you say his name's Steve actually. Ah, oh, gotcha. Um you're not his real friend and then and then the person goes, "Well, actually uh, uh, his real name is Matthew. Steve is his middle name." Mm, and then you'd be like, "Oh no." But at least you spoke English. Yeah, there you go. So, also, another thing, when, when the river of your English flows, right, may, when you use it, your confidence does develop as a result. It does. Confidence cannot develop when you just don't do anything. If you just don't do anything, your confidence will go nowhere. If you do something and you make a fool of yourself, you're, you're not going to be that damaged. In fact, it's sort of good for your confidence because, okay, you feel stupid, but then you survive. You're fine. In fact, you kind of grow a little bit stronger after that bad experience. And then you just, you're fine. And anyway, it's not going to be that bad. The person's going to be like, oh yeah, I know Steve or Matthew. Or it doesn't matter what we call him. You know, uh, Matthew, Steve, Steve, Matthew, Steve, Steve, you, Math, Math, Steve. I don't know. Him. The, the tea-making guy, oh, I, we go way back. And then you say, oh, yeah, really, that's really interesting. Oh, cool. And then you have a cup of tea together and then you like, and then you become best friends and then you realise that actually you love each other and a uh, beautiful, beautiful relationship begins and you get married and you live happy, happily ever after. 
you see. But that might not have happened if you hadn't said something. Yeah, you see. All right, you know what, listeners? I'm in, I'm, I'm in the middle of a point here, but I need to put the microphone down in order to turn on the light because I didn't tell you, did I? It's, it's like 10, 15 uh, at night. And um, so it's get, it's basically dark. I'm podcasting in the dark here. I started recording. It was light outside. It's basically dark now. So forgive me. I need to put the microphone down and switch on the light. That's okay, isn't it? And you're like, if, some, if anyone out there is like, how dare you? <laughs> uh, then, um, then I don't know what to do with you. But I'm going to do that now, okay? Switching the light on. All right, here we go. See, look, look, look. I'm, I'm getting closer to the light switch. And click, I've switched it on. Okay, okay, the light's switched on now. You're all very happy to hear that, aren't you? Yeah, you're like, good, Luke. I'm glad that you were able to see things. That's good for you, sir. Um, talking of seeing things, looking out the window, I just saw a bat. Well, there's a, I told you there would be new things. I don't think I've ever seen a bat live on the podcast before. Yeah. Looking out the window, little bat flitting around outside, little bat outside, just as we get to the, you know, the sort of half light of, uh, as the sun is going down. Okay. That's when the bats come out, isn't it? and fly around and catch little insects. Thank you, bat. Maybe it caught and ate a mosquito that could have bitten me. I like the bats. Love bats. Especially when they are in the form of a man. Batman. Yeah. I saw the new Batman film, by the way, The Batman. Or as I imagine it's called in Japan. What's The Batman called in Japan? Is it called Zabatuman? Zabatuman. I don't know what it would be called in Japan, but... Hopefully it's called Zabatuman. As I, I like to imagine that's what it's called. That's just me saying the Batman in a Japanese accent. Zabatuman. Zabatumanu. Um, I saw it. Quite good. Quite good. But anyway, that's another story for another time. I like bats. I saw one flying outside the window. Yes. Great. Great result there for bat fans. Anyway, um... I was talking about when your English flows, your confidence does develop. It's all about going out of your comfort zone. This is where the confidence can be developed. If you don't take initiative, you don't put yourself into situations in which your confidence can develop, right? How does this relate to your hair, Luke? I'm getting there. So starting a virtuous circle, that's a circle where, that's a circle of sort of events or habits that where one thing leads to a positive outcome, which consequently um, results in a another positive outcome, and one positive thing leads to another positive thing, and then you're just making progress going up in a nice positive spiral, right? So, you know, starting a virtuous circle is sometimes a matter of making tiny little steps in the right direction, micro decisions or little steps. And compare that to the vicious circle, which is where a negative thing causes another negative thing, and then things start to spiral downwards, and then you're in a, a cycle of negative cause and effect, which is kind of what's going on with my French. So going back to my hair, going to the hairdresser makes me feel awkward because I have to speak French all the way through. Not only that... Um, 
I ne- I've never liked getting my hair cut. I don't like sitting there staring at myself in the mirror with a person all close to me and just, I don't know. I just don't know why that makes me uncomfortable. Um, I don't know if it's a particularly English thing. It's probably not. It's probably a human thing, isn't it? That just going to the hairdresser is, it should be good because you, you know, you're getting the treatment, you know, you, you're, you're, Someone is there just looking after you, giving you... I'll tell you what, the nice thing about having a haircut is when they wash your hair and they massage your scalp. That's great. Love that. I mean, I could just have that, please. Can you cut, Can you massage my scalp, please? That I like. And then they use the shower head on your head. And like, is the wa- How's the water? Is it too cold? Is it too hot? No, no, it's great. Just keep massaging my head. And then they're like, okay, you're ready. And like, damn, can you not massage my scalp a little bit more? And then you have to sit there and look at yourself and you have to try and explain what you want. You know, have to try and explain that just like, just, just make me look cool. Or just try not to make me look too bad, please. And then, you know, usually they don't do it exactly how you want it. And you have to say, oh, yeah, no, that's great. Thanks so much. Yeah. Mm." And they show you the back and you think, oh, my God, am I that bald? Oh, dear. Is that what I look like from the back? And you have to go, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. And there's that awkward moment where your head feels all sticky and then you have to pay. And it's, oh, thanks. And then you, you disappear out of the shop. And then you immediately find a mirror and try and fix your hair ah, like that. Now, if my hairdresser is listening, I, I must say that actually my hairdresser is a really cool guy. And we talk about music and he always puts me at my, uh, he always puts me at ease. He always makes me feel relaxed. And actually he's, despite what I'm saying, he is actually the one who is maybe like the best person for my English. He's the one where, who I speak French to the most, (sighs) which isn't saying much about my study routines, is it? It's like, wait a minute, Luke. So you speak French on a three month basis, (laughs) or in this case, a six month basis, because I haven't had my haircut since December. Um, No, I do speak French more than that. I speak French with people every day. Um, sometimes I say things just for the humorous, just for the, just for the giggles, you know? Um, but I have to say that my hairdresser is really great and he's the only one I trust to cut my hair these days. I would have gone, I could just go to any hairdresser, but I can't. I'm going to London tomorrow to go and stay with my brother for about four days. It's also the Queen's Jubilee, but that's not why I'm going. I'm going to stay with my brother. So I could get my hair cut in London, which would completely get rid of the whole having to speak French thing. Unless by random chance, the hairdresser is (laughs) like, hello. Uh, You know, if I go to the hairdresser in in London, like ka-ching and uh, hello, this this is the hairdresser, right? And like, okay, it is. Yeah, great. Uh, Yeah, I'd like a haircut, please. Um, Can you do that now? And they say, yeah, we can. Uh, 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 Serge. Can you cut this man's hair? Sorry, did you just say Serge? Ah, and then run away. Nah, that would be all right. It'd be nice to speak to Serge. So Serge, what do you think about London? And Serge would be like, oh, it's fantastic. Or even the food. Yeah, even the food. All the stereotypes are not true. That would be a refreshing conversation with Serge. Or Jean-Pierre or Francois or Marie-Charlotte or, or whoever it is. Um... 
Whoa, how did I get to that? Anyway, going, so I do, but despite the fact my hairdresser is great, I do still feel awkward in that situation because I have to speak French all the way through and I, it's like when it's happening, it's all right, you know, especially when it's finished, it's okay. And I, I feel good. I'm like, yeah, that was good. But it's the before part. It's the actual taking the initiative to book the hairdresser's appointment and taking that step, walking in and actually choosing to go out of my comfort zone and go in there and have to say, oh, hi, you know, yeah, look, it's been a long time. Yeah, I haven't cut my hair for six. It's been six months. I know, please. You know, I don't know why. Is it just me that I feel like I have to I have to do more than just, hello, can you cut my hair, please? Um, yes. How about Thursday at two o'clock? Fantastic. Thank you. See you on Thursday. For some reason, I feel like I need to do more than that. I feel like I need to have more scintillating conversation than that. That I feel like I need to go in and say, hi, oh, look at this. Look at the state of my hair. I know it's been six months. I haven't seen you for ages. How are you? Did you watch that Beatles documentary that I told you about? You did. So we've got to talk about it. So anyway, when can you cut my hair? Anytime soon? Could you do it now? You know, for some reason, I feel like I need to have that level of conversation. But because I'm quite, I can't quite do the, I haven't had my hair cut for six months or how, you know, did you see the Beatles documentary? What did you think? I know that you're probably not such a, as much of a fan as I am, but I'm curious to know what you thought. For some reason, that that's too intimidating for me. Um, stupid, isn't it? It's totally stupid. What is wrong with me? Anyway, so, uh, and so anyway, it feels me, it makes me feel awkward. And so I put it off and I don't prioritise it right? I don't prioritise it. That's another thing. I've got a lot of things to do. I've got a big to-do list. And many things on that list don't get done, just like most of us. You know, we tend to prioritise things and we probably will prioritise things that we enjoy a little bit. So I will prioritise doing episodes of this podcast over putting myself in situations when I feel slightly uncomfortable instead of like, no, I think I'll just, no, I'm going to, I need to record an episode. I think I'm going to go and record an episode instead. So, you know, so I, I feel awkward. I, I put it off. Also, I haven't walked past the hairdressers for ages. So I used to walk past this hairdresser every day because it was between the old flat where we used to live and my daughter's school. So every day I'd walk past and I'd wave in the window and I'd pop in right? But since we've moved, I don't walk past them any anymore. So I have to go out of my routine as well in order to actually go there. So just those, you know, I told you micro steps, little differences make a, make a big difference. So now I have to go out of my way to walk to that street. And as a result, I haven't practiced my French. And so my French is a bit worse, or at least maybe not a bit worse, or it's just not better the time to progress ratio is not good. And so I, you know, it's that vicious circle. I feel a little bit embarrassed and ashamed because it's been six months and my French isn't any better. And so I'm just like, oh no, I just, it's not even like a, a thorough decision-making process. It's more just like, you know, no, I'll do this other thing because, you know, time pressure. Anyway, and that doesn't help with my confidence because then I start to feel bad. I, and then I sort of, I know it's me. I know it's my fault and it doesn't help with my confidence. And then because of that, 
that then causes me not to take the initiative because my confidence is low. And then that is the vicious circle, right? Um, yep. So there you go. Um, so that's why my, f my hair is long because of my French and my French is not improving because my hair is long. This is the vicious circle. And I know that some of you are like, man up, Luke. <laughs> In my country, a man, a man is a real man. And not only does he not have long hair, but also he has a beard. So please grow a beard, Luke. And also, he goes into French hairdressers with no confidence issues at all. He swings in like a real man and and uh, commands the hairdresser to, to cut his hair, preferably in the shortest army style possible. Um, yeah, if that's your bag, man, that's for you. That's good. But um, I'm just telling you how it is for me. But obviously, I do need to get a grip, sort myself out and just man up and just get a freaking haircut, right? It's totally silly. These are not big problems at all, are they? These are not big problems, but there it is. So there you go. I felt the need to say that to you. Uh, what else? Oh God, it's been an hour. I, I wanted to tell you some news, but I mean, some people are not listening to this now. Hmm. 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 Some people are skeletons with headphones on. Some people have just gone off to do something else. They're skipping down the street, doing something else now living their lives. So if I tell you some news, like some of you are not going to get it, uh, you know, some of you are just not going to hear this bit, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So the summer, summer is coming, July and August, right? So June is June now. June is normal. July is going to be ridiculously busy because at the British Council, uh, you know, I'm contractually obliged to teach a certain number of hours. And usually in July, I have to do quite a lot of hours to make sure that all those hours have been done in the in the academic year. Um, all right. So basically in July, I'm going to be working pretty much full time for three weeks. So that's all day teaching pretty much all day for three weeks in July. Um, and um, so that's going to make it difficult to record podcast episodes. I might do them in the evening like this, but this is not great because it's pretty exhausting. Teaching all day you know, my age, when you get to the old age that I'm at now, um, then, uh, you know, you need your rest in the evening. And also in the evenings, I need to be there to, you know, help out with my daughter and help put her to bed and do all that stuff. My wife can do that too, but I don't like to just, you know, right, well, bye, you know, let her do it all. I, I, I like to be there to, to help out too. So it might be difficult to record stuff in July. Uh, we will see. Maybe I'll just pump out some content in June or do lots of recordings in June so that I've got stuff, um, sort of, I've got like a, uh, a backlog of episodes that I can publish during July and August, August as well. We're going to go on holiday. Uh, we're going away. Uh, we're going on holiday. Um, so half the holiday will be in France. The other half will be in the UK. Um, yeah, that's right. So we, we're keeping it local again. Uh, but it's going to be at least three weeks of holiday um, in August. Um, and you're thinking, wow, Luke, you must be absolutely stinking rich to be able to afford three weeks of holiday. Not really. I mean, half of that's going to be spent probably at my parents' house. We're going to use that as a base. We're lucky enough to be able to stay at my parents' without paying rent. 
you know. So that's good. Um, so anyway, it's going to be busy. I don't know how I'm going to manage it, but um, we'll see. Okay, so just a heads up. Does that make any difference to your life? I don't know. But just a heads up there. Um, some of you are thinking, but Luke, why do you still work at a language school? Why are you still teaching in classrooms? Uh, why do you still have to do that? Don't you make enough money from doing Luke's English podcast to be able to just stop doing the teaching? Well, the, I actually teach, still teach classes, not just for the money. Um, I teach part-time at the British Council, um, basically Monday mornings, Tuesday mornings, Thursday mornings. And it's not just for the money, although obviously the money helps, but it's not just for the money. It's also because, uh, first of all, I enjoy teaching. Uh, I actually like the classroom contact contact most of the time. It's got its challenges and the rest of it. Um, but I actually like the teaching. Another reason is that I feel like I should continue teaching. I feel like if I stopped teaching in classrooms, that I might lose my edge or lose my teaching mojo or something, that I'd just kind of forget how to do it or lose a certain edge. I don't know if that's true. Maybe I wouldn't. And that after 20 plus years of, ex of teaching, that I'm never going to really forget how to do it now. Or I'm never really going to lose that touch. But you never know. So I'm reluctant to stop teaching because I want to keep my teaching chops. Yeah, if chops, that's, that's, that's normally an expression used by jazz musicians. Trumpet players have chops. That's when, if you're a jazz trumpet player or a saxophone player or whatever, your chops are your cheeks and your chops need to be in, in good condition. They need to be um, sort of, really supple and have this right strength in them to be able to, you know, control the, the trumpet properly. And if you stop playing for a, for a long time, you lose your chops, you lose that control in your mouth. Um, so when I say my chops, I mean, lose the sort of the, the, the control and the, the muscles and the sort of muscle memory or whatever it is. Um, so I don't want to lose my chops. I want to keep keep my um, hand in and, uh, you know, continue teaching just so I can remember how to do it. Uh, and also another one is the social aspect um, in the classroom, because I do love interacting with the students, but also um, in the teacher's room and having a sort of network of people around me, fellow teachers who I can socialise with even briefly. I mean, I say that, but often my contact with the teachers is quite brief. I go into the school, spend a lot of time with my head down preparing the lesson or lessons, and then rush upstairs to teach, rush downstairs, do any bits of admin, and then rush off, um, rush out, uh, to to eat lunch and then do some of my own podcasting work. I'm constantly flying around the place. Um, but anyway, it's it's not the human the human contact. If I didn't have that, I'd spend a lot of time on my own. I'd you know it's just be it would just be my wife and daughter. That would be the only social contact I I would have. And my barber, but every three to six months. Um, I've got, I do have friends, I promise, but you know, every day you need to, I feel like I need to be with other people a little bit. Otherwise I might go a little bit mad. So that's why I still work at a language school. Okay, folks. All right. Let me give some thoughts and comments on some recent episodes. I'm going to try and speed up here in order to get through 
the remainder of my notes. So, some thoughts and comments on recent episodes. Sick in Japan, episode 771, Sick in Japan Live. Now, some people commented, some people have commented, that the crowd, the audience for that show, were very quiet. And some people were surprised and perhaps disappointed that the audience seemed to be quiet and they didn't respond to my jokes enough. And the, the sort of comments were things like, What's, what was wrong with the audience? Were they dead? Um, now, I don't know. This, I don't know. It's the, okay. Well, how can I put this? Okay, so I I met many members of the audience after the show, and they were all lovely. Okay, so on an, this is an interesting thing about let's say about doing stand up comedy. This my storytelling thing in the last episode wasn't really stand up comedy; it was more storytelling, but it kind of was stand up comedy because let's be honest, I was trying to make it funny, and it would have been you know I hoped uh, to be to be completely honest. I hoped for more laughter. I wanted a more engaged audience that laughed more. Okay? That would have made me happier. But um, I was still happy with it. I felt like they were listening and they enjoyed it. I think they did. I didn't feel like they were switching off. I thought they were really into it. Um, But yeah, it would have been nice to have more of a louder audience. Maybe maybe they were just well-behaved. Um, you know, I don't know, but they were lovely. Okay. They were lovely, but I agree. And, and I'm talking to some, some of the people I'm talking to in now, some of the podcast people, some Lepsters were there. So, you know, don't take it wrong. If you were there in the room, you were lovely. And I met many of you afterwards and you were very lovely and you, 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 you know, you spoke to me and we had a nice chat afterwards. It was, it, it was nice. But I agree, as a whole, I wish that the room had had more laughter in it. That would have made the show better. It would have made it probably better. I think it was still good, but it would have been, it would have had that magic if, there's nothing like it, I, I, I right? There's nothing like it when in a comedy show or even a storytelling show like that, when you get this kind of call and response thing, it's wonderful. There's a rhythm to it where there's, you know, uh, the comedians saying things, making jokes, and then you get these responses from the audience. Now, maybe it's just me. Maybe I wasn't that funny. But the comments were saying things like, we expected them to laugh more. Maybe they didn't get your jokes, or maybe they didn't understand them. Maybe that's it. Maybe the language level thing is a problem when when it's your second language. Uh, it's, it's, It's harder to instantly laugh. Or maybe I just wasn't that entertaining. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's possible. But I have to say, this is quite common in my experience doing stand-up in France. Um, This is quite common, that you'll do stand-up in front of an audience of people. Maybe part of the reason that they've come to the show is not because necessarily they've come to see comedy, that they haven't necessarily come to laugh. They've come for the English. And one person, if you remember, was in the audience. Anne, hello. Um... Anne was on the front row taking notes, writing writing down the grammar, <laughs> which is like, what? Writing down grammar? Right. How do you write? I don't really understand that. Maybe like making notes of like, okay, interesting. Bit of present perfect used there, past perfect continuous for this, or um, certain modal verbs or these structures. But 
I was a bit surprised that uh, Anne was there at the front uh, writing down notes about grammar. Like, put the pen down, Anne. Right? Just relax, okay? Just relax. Enjoy the show. Listen to the episode later, then you can take the notes. But it's all right, Anne, okay? You, it's a free country. Everyone does what they want. I'm I'm not telling you how to live your life. Um, but, um, yeah, obviously I wanted more laughter. Uh, but they, everyone was nice. And, and, yeah, so I was saying, this is quite common in France. You do a show in, to in the audience, and for the comedian, you just feel like, this is, this is not going down well. I feel like they, this is like, I'm dying on my ass here, is kind of what it can feel like. Um, and you feel like, oh, no, that was a really bad show. And then afterwards, members of the audience come up to you, and they say, that was fantastic. I loved it. It was so funny. And you think, oh, really, so funny that you didn't, you know... Like, you've got to laugh out loud. You can't laugh on the inside. Okay, that's no good. Smiles don't help in a comedy show. Uh, it has to come out. Maybe this is just a French audience who are well-behaved and it's culture. You know, it's a cultural thing for them. It was... I, I have noticed this in France. Laughing out... Ha, 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 ha! Laughing out loud, really loud. It's the sort of thing American tourists do in Paris. And the Parisians are a bit more serious, actually. Um... Or maybe they're just less demonstrative in that way. I don't know. I don't know. Little cultural differences. Maybe it was culture. Maybe they were being well-behaved. Maybe they came for the English. They forgot that they had to laugh. But also, I think, ultimately, I have to take responsibility for this. And this is a common thing in stand-up. Sometimes you do shows where the audience don't laugh as much as you want. And what you what might happen is the comedian falls into the trap of blaming the audience and they go, oh, the audience are terrible. Now, fair enough, sometimes the audience is just not great and even really good material won't work. Stuff that's worked again and again and again for some reason on this particular on this particular audience, it just doesn't work. Sometimes that happens. But anyway, um, ultimately, I think the comedian does have to take responsibility for, for the audience's response. So here are some of the things on reflection that I should have done. Okay. So the way, the way it was, was that, uh, all right, Anne, you're making a note of that grammar. The way it was, was that the way it was, was that, yeah, that's, that's correct. Okay. The way it was, was that the audience was very quiet at the beginning. So, okay. There was no warm up act. Normally in a stand up show, there's a lot of work spent at the beginning of the show warming up the audience. There's normally a host who will sort of do certain things to get loud responses from the audience to make, to, to, to whip them into shape, right? To kind of train the audience to get the rhythm going, to get a certain energy in the room so that when the comedian comes on stage, the audience are ready and that they've been primed and prepared so that they... They do make noise. They don't feel uncomfortable. They're relaxed and they're having a good time already. Now, what happened at this show is that uh, Phil, the marketing manager, introduced me. Now, Phil's not a comedian. He's a marketing manager, lovely person and everything. Um, but he, he, you know, he wasn't doing those comedian things of like whipping up the audience. And that's not his job. I didn't expect him to do that. I should have done that. I should have spent more time at the beginning of the show doing crowd work and doing stand-up comedy, doing jokes. I did one or two. 
I did the Thompson Pomson joke thing, which got a little bit of a titter <laughs> from the audience. And then I just went straight into my story. But what I should have done is worked harder on the audience. I should have got them to do... So the standard things you do, right, are things like this. Make some noise, everybody, yay! You know, stuff like that. Make them cheer, make them clap, make them laugh. Um, you have to literally direct them physically. You can't just tell people, so uh, everybody, this is a comedy show, so you should laugh. Okay, you all agree? Good. That doesn't work. You actually have to, uh, you actually have to elicit the behaviour from them. You have to make them do the behaviour. And that means things like, if it's an audience in France, you say, all the French people in the room, make some noise. And what typically happens is the French people clap a little bit or any French people in the room and they put their hands up and you go, no, 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 don't put your hands up. We all need to make some noise. Make some noise, all the French people. Come on, let me hear you. And they go, yay, like that. And then you go, okay, listen, wait for it, everyone. All the non-French people in the room make some noise. And then all the other people who are not from France, they all cheer. And then it's a competition to see who can cheer the loudest. And then, you know, then you do some little jokes and keep the energy going. And then you do crowd work. You talk to members of the audience and you're going to keep the energy going. And and if there's a host, the host says, okay, so the show's about to start. Let me let you know, make some noise for your, f are you, are you ready for the comedian? And everyone goes, yay. And you go, that's not good enough. I want, you know, I want better than that. Make some noise from the comedian. They'll go, yay. And then you, you, you know, you whip up the noise in the audience and then the comedian comes out and then you, you've, you've established the kind of baseline behavior that you expect from the audience. So I should have done that. Um, I, I also, uh, I think that also we should have given the audience alcohol at the beginning of the show, right? We should have offered them wine when they came in. We should have said, there you go. Would you like a glass of wine? Take a seat. All right. You got to get them a little bit loose. Alcohol helps. We should have given them some booze at the start instead of waiting at the end because, the way it was, I was at the back in another little room, Phil, and and I couldn't see in the room at the beginning. I was just at the back kind of getting ready. And and I was like, wait, is anyone in there? Phil was like, okay, we're going to start in two minutes, he said to me. And I thought, wait a minute, there's, is there anyone in the room? And I turned around and had a little look and they're all sitting there. It was maybe 50 people all sitting there, all quiet. And I was like, oh, God, they're all just silently sitting there. There was no atmosphere in the room at all. Now, again, I'm not blaming the individuals in the room. And also, I'm not saying this was a bad gig because my aim was just to tell the story and entertain them. It wasn't actually a stand-up show. So that's why I didn't do all these things. But I should have done. Should have done those things. Um, it would have made it more explosive and ultimately it would have probably resulted in a, in a you know an even more impressive recording but i can't do it again now can i can't do it again i can't you know do this again record that story again and publish it again cuz i can't obviously anyway but um so i think we should, probably should have given them a bit of wine at the beginning um just to kind of you know get them loose so there you go. There you go then. I'm wondering if I can do another one of those live recordings. 
but you can see it's it's you know it's pretty hard work you can't it's not just go in front of some people and and talk there's also a lot of all that other stuff a lot of strategy in making a comedy show work well you've got to be quite strategic about it it's quite hard work i'm wondering if i can do another one i would like to you know but um but I don't know. I just feel too, too I'm just too exhausted. Um, maybe I'll do the pink gorilla story in front of a live audience, but I'm a bit concerned that that it won't go down well. And there's a you know I've had it before doing comedy shows where you 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 start your show and after about five minutes you've you've realised what the baseline, what the standard behaviour of the audience is. And you think to yourself, oh, God, this is going to be hard work. I'm going to have to work really hard here and they're not going to give me much, you know. Um, so I would hate for that to happen because for something like the Pink Gorilla story, which is a, which really is driven by a sort of improvised, imp- the energy of improvisation, I would need a fully engaged audience. I'd need them to be really with me and I'd need them to be invested in it and enjoying it because I can't, I wouldn't be able to just do improv to nothing, to, to sort of, uh, an attentive audience looking for grammar. Um, I would need them to be really in the spirit of it. And that's going to require a lot of work. And, uh, and, you know, again, it's that confidence thing, isn't it? It's the initiative thing. Maybe I should do it anyway, just so I step out of my comfort zone. Maybe I should just do it anyway, right? Uh, it's just it just seems like a bit of a mountain to climb, but we'll see. Maybe I'll do it. Let me let me know what you think. Shall I do more? We'll see. Um, uh, other recent episodes: uh, Spinal Tap. Okay, so the the episode I did with my brother about Spinal Tap, that film about a, a, a rock band, a made up rock band, a very funny film. It's often voted one of the funniest comedy films of all time. It's not just a little uh, obscure film that no one knows about. Uh, it is recognised as one of, uh, of, of as, as being a very f- funny film. Um, so it's not just me. I really wanted to do the episode. I think that I think it probably went down fine. But I, you know, when you're doing things like this, when you're doing things like a podcast, and you get responses, you get reviews, or you get comments. Um, you can get lots of positive things. That was great. Loved that. Thanks. More of this kind of thing. Wonderful, Luke. I've been waiting for something like this. Thank you. All that sort of thing is, it's great. This is like, yum, 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 yum. Okay, good. This is good. This is like keeping me going. This is, you know, this really helps, helps the enthusiasm, helps the confidence. This is great. But then all it takes is like among all those encouraging things, all it takes is one slightly negative thing, which is like, nah, this wasn't for me, Luke, you know, uh, sorry, uh, you know, I'd, uh, this this wasn't my cup of tea, just something like that. And it's then that really sticks with you. I don't know why. I don't know why, but the negative things stick with you more. Don't take that as a green light to be like, oh, I want to stick with Luke. I will give him a negative comment. <laughs> then he will remember me. Don't do that, okay? Um, so, yeah, so even just like two or three comments of that nature made me think, oh, God, the Spinal Tap episode was a disaster. Maybe it wasn't, but I don't know. I mean, I would say let me know, but actually maybe don't. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm in blissful ignorance. But maybe that wasn't everyone's cup of tea, because I know that was very specific. But at the end of the day, 
Listeners, I am the one who decides what happens in these episodes. Right? Now, a comment like this. Luke, we've never heard of this film. I'm not sure this was a good episode. This wasn't a good choice, Luke, because we've never heard of this film. Well, that's exactly the reason I do episodes like that. Because you haven't heard of it. Right? I want to... Uh, bring you in. I want to open the door and say, "Hey, come into the come into the room, everyone." D- does that make sense? I want to um, introduce you to these things, right? So the fact that you've never heard of it is exactly why I'm doing it because I want to. Hey, look, introduce. I want to introduce you to these things. I find that with my learners, it's not just listening skills or vocabulary that makes a difference. Okay, it's not just English in isolation, but something about being on the same wavelength as, as, as me in this case. And that includes things like little references to culture or just having a certain sense of humor. Okay. So I'm encouraging and trying to build more than just a vocabulary list, right? I'm trying to build, uh, all sorts of other things, as cultural associations and a certain way of thinking. And so with things like the Spinal Tap episode, and by the way, Spinal Tap, the film, makes me laugh more than pretty much any joke I've ever heard. It really does. So I can do episodes about stupid jokes, but Spinal Tap makes me laugh and makes me feel emotions and get, brings me joy so much more than just stupid little jokes. Um, okay. Uh, so with with the Spinal Tap episode and episodes like that, the idea is to bring you a certain kind of cultural context. Basically, I choose what I do in my episodes and there is method to the madness. Sometimes I get suggestions about what I should and shouldn't do in my episodes. Like, Luke, I don't think this sort of episode is the thing you should be doing, la la la. I know you're only trying to help, but I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Maybe I don't. It's like, Luke, you think you know what you're doing, but you don't. You don't. You've got no idea. It's just all random. Um, I don't know. Perhaps I've, perhaps I've thought about this more than anyone else, right? The whole process. And when it comes to making an episode like the Spinal Tap one, it was very much a considered choice. Um, I thought, I will do this. Even though some people won't be getting it, it's going to be hard work. I'm going to do this because it's worth it. I know different people prefer different things. I can't please all the people all the time and I shouldn't try. Uh, Variety is important for me. Doing different types of episode is important because it helps to keep the whole project alive. If I only ever did one type of thing, then it might get a little bit stagnant, you know, might get a bit boring for me. It's important also that I do stuff that I am personally invested in, right? To get that enthusiasm. Otherwise the whole thing just won't happen. So there, okay. Yes, I am justifying. Um, I know they say never explain, never apologize. I've said that on the podcast before, but there you go. I'm explaining. I'm not apologizing, but fair enough. I am explaining um, perhaps my reasons for doing episodes like that, which some of you might think are a bit obscure, but I think that's, that's what I do. Okay. And it's what I've always done. Um, uh, so yes, finally, I think we're going to end here with just some thoughts I've had while teaching. These are thoughts I had in the classroom the other day. And while my students were doing something, I quickly noted a couple of things down on a piece of paper and put them in my pocket. 
If you were one of my students in my classroom, you might have noticed me do that. And you thought, what did Luke write on a piece of paper? Or maybe you thought, I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so some of the things I wrote down. I love teaching, but sometimes I do get a bit frustrated because it can be a bit like banging your head against a wall. Right, okay, it's not as bad as that. That's a bad m- metaphor. Or is that a simile? It's like banging your head against a wall. That is a simile. I'll come back to the similes and metaphors. Sometimes I don't see immediate results in my students. That's the thing. So if I do a one and a 90-minute lesson, sometimes I just see the, the, the difficulty of acquiring new language. And I don't always see immediate results. Although saying that, I do, I sometimes do. And I think there are some students I can think of that have been making progress. But it can be frustrating because you don't see immediate results. But I have to stay positive and remind myself that these things take time and you need to sometimes like step back and take a long view in order to appreciate the value of what you're doing and in order to see the progress that your learners are making. When I'm in class, I'm listening to my students very attentively and it's like literally minute by minute focusing on what they're saying. Sometimes it's necessary to step back and just look at things over like how, like over a period of, of weeks, months, even years to be able to plot that progress line. You know, when you zoom right in, it looks like it's a flat line. When you zoom out, actually you notice that it's, it's going up, up, up. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, what, that's one thought that came into my head in the classroom. Another one was this, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drink which is an old saying. And basically that just means, you know, as a teacher, I can show you language. I can help you understand it. I can help you pronounce it. I can even help you remember it more easily. But ultimately, you are responsible for using it and adding it to your active vocabulary. Voila. There you go. Now, I did have some stuff about uh, language learning metaphors. I don't have time for it. I think that could be a whole other episode. Learning a language is like dot, dot, dot. Learning language, learning a language is like building a house. Learning a language is like a shark. Like, uh, right? Something like that. What was it? Your English is like a, a shark or your English like is like a river. Learning a language is like climbing a mountain. I've done that metaphor before, but there are lots of other language learning metaphors. I should explain what met, what the difference is between a metaphor and a simile. Basically, a metaphor is a metaphor is um, something which seems to uh, represent something else. Okay, so in 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 um, literature, a metaphor would be, for example, saying the sun was a a burning uh, the, the sun was an orange. That's a metaphor. The sun was an orange. Obviously, the sun wasn't an orange. It was the sun. But saying the sun was an orange um, is a metaphor. Whereas if you say the sun was like an orange, that's a simile. Okay, very small difference. But there, if you say something is like something or similar to something, that is a simile. Whereas if you say that something is something else, that is a metaphor. So uh, your English is like a shark. That's a simile. Simile, S-I-M-I-L-E, isn't it? S-I-M-I-L-E. Simile, simile examples. 
A simile is a literary device that compares two things in an interesting and vivid way. Words such as like and as are used to compare the two subjects. For example, he was as quiet as a mouse, or she smelled like a rose. These are similes. Uh, let's and let's have metaphor examples. Uh, if I just Google that, his words cut deeper than a knife. Okay, so words can't words cannot cut, right? Uh, another one would be, uh, I'm drowning in a sea of grief. Grief is that sad feeling you have after someone has died, probably. <clears throat> I'm drowning in a sea of grief. A sea of grief is not possible, right? So it's just an image. That's a metaphor. I'm feeling blue. You can't actually feel blue. You can feel, you know, you can't feel a colour, can you? So that's a metaphor. She's going through a roller coaster of emotions. She's not actually going through a roller coaster. A roller coaster is like a danger train, as I've said on the podcast before. Those things that you get at Disneyland and other theme parks where it's like a train that goes up and down and loop the loop and round and round. That's a roller coaster. She's going through a roller coaster of emotions. You can't actually have a roller coaster. You can't have an emotional roller coaster. There's no such thing. Uh, so that is a metaphor. Um, all right. There you go. You can thank me later, listeners. Um similes and metaphors. So uh, language learning metaphors, that has to be another episode for another time. Um, right, but that pretty much brings this crazy ramble challenge to an end. Uh, that was rambling in the podcast or news, thoughts and reflections. And hey, listeners, we did it, didn't we? We did it. We made it. We made it all the way to the end. Um, congratulations. I did it. No edits, no pausing. No. That's not right. I did. <laughs> that wasn't one of the rules. No edits, and I didn't start again. We made it all the way to the end, and so did you as well. Nice one. Thank you so much for listening. All right, I'll be back soon with a new episode. Uh, as I said, I'm going to London tomorrow. I'm going to spend time with my brother. It's going to be the Queen's Jubilee weekend, 70 years on the throne. I'll probably record something with James. I hope so. Uh, it should happen. I mean, I, I'm wary of making big promises and saying there will definitely be an episode. Um, but who knows? I'll try and record something with James. Maybe we'll talk about the Queen's Jubilee. Or maybe we'll just have a ramble rather than picking some very specific topic. But certainly the Queen's Jubilee would be a good idea and the royal family and just kind of as always an interesting topic. So we'll talk, we'll see. Maybe we'll do some rambling about other things. But it'll just be nice to do, to be in London, to be podcasting from London, um, from my brother's living room, where many classic episodes of Luke's English Podcast have been recorded over the years. And it'll just be nice to see him. Who knows, maybe we'll just enjoy spending time together without feeling any pressure to record ourselves. We will see. Uh, but it's just time for me to say good night it's it's bedtime for me so it's good night from me and good night from my from my friend the bat who i think is probably still flying around out there um unless he's gone to sleep as well he or she who knows i don't know if he's a boy or a girl how can you tell i suppose you can have a very close look but um <laughs> that's not going to happen <laughs> stop talking luke that's enough you did it
Okay, I've done it. Thank you for being listeners. Thank you for being loyal listeners. Thank you for being the sorts of listeners who listen all the way to the end. And yeah, have a very nice morning, afternoon, lunch, dinner, breakfast, supper, snack, evening, night. Um, I hope that flotation tank is nice and comfy uh, or wherever it is that you are. If you're in the International Space Station, um, I hope that the Earth looks wonderful. Uh, it does down here. I hope it does from up there as well. Speak to you again on the podcast soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.